our anniversary month. We've got, I think, over 30 videos from ministries in relationship with us based here in Granbury and in the nation and even around the world. And uh, yesterday we received a video from Haiti, from Terry and Ingle Snow. Uh, Terry's a Granbury native years ago, went to Bible school and there met a beautiful woman from Norway. They got married. Now they're years later. They've raised six kids. They have a world-class mission base in St. Mark, Haiti. And during their greeting to us, Happy Anniversary Church, Ingvold, Terry's wife, gives a prophetic word for the church. And I wanted us to hear it before we go into a time of ministry. Go right on. It's a, for those of you that are not familiar with prophetic words, it's a word that is biblical, but it's a strong word of encouragement to pursue in light of the future. A promise from the Lord. All right. I did get a word from the Lord this morning as I was just thinking about this, and I just want to share it with you uh, for the church. And um, I wrote it down because it just was downloading so fast. I said, hey, hey, Lord, I need to write this down. So I'm going to read it off the paper as I felt the Lord download it to me. Um, and so here it is. You've been faithful. You've been faithful, Yvette. And you've been faithful, Alan. For all these years, you've been faithful to the word of the Lord and stuck it out. Twenty-five years, you've nurtured this church, this congregation. And you, church, have been faithful. And because you've been faithful in the little, I can trust you to be faithful in the big. Mm. There's a new season coming. Amen. You will see an increase. I will increase your influence and I will increase my anointing upon you as you move forward and embrace the new things I will lead you into. You will see great healings take place. Many will be set free from oppression and darkness and brought forth into freedom. Freedom from spiritual and emotional darkness, from depression, oppression, from fear. Freedom from... And you also see physical healings as a result. You will see a great harvest, and many souls will be restored into the kingdom. Amen. The scripture that came to mind uh, was Isaiah 61. And the beginning in my Bible, it is called the year of the Lord's favor. And I mm. thought that was fitting. And I'm just going to read the first part of it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And that's why he will do it, that he will be glorified. Remember that. And I do have a word specifically for the youth. There's a great outpouring coming. The power of the Lord will be poured upon you because you will see mighty things never seen before. I, the Lord, will use your generation to bring revival in the land 
a new anointing I will pour upon you, and you will go out in my name and in my power, and the effects will be like a wave that crashes upon the land. Amen. Be bold, be strong, and take great courage. You've been born and saved for such a time as this. Paul wrote to a leader of a church in Ephesus named Timothy. He told him to fight a good warfare according to the prophecies made over him. And so if you receive that word let, and believe that word, let's contend for the fulfillment of that word. But realize that's talking about more than a Sunday morning church meeting. It's talking about life. It's talking about beyond the walls of this place, beyond 5718 East Highway 377. It's talking your neighborhood, your home, your school, your job, your parking lot, even your enemies. in the courthouse, outside the outhouse, even to the White House. May the Lord use us mightily to represent Him, to minister to the discouraged, to lift up the oppressed, to feed the hungry, and even to heal the sick. Pray for the sick, but command the sickness to go in Jesus' name. You receive that? The vast majority of the miracles and acts did not happen in a church meeting. The first one, the healing of the lame man at the gate. Two guys were on their way to a prayer meeting. Jesus said, as you're going, preach the gospel everywhere. So let the Lord use you. This is not something for the professionals. This is something... For the believers, these signs shall follow those who believe. Amen. So as the, as the praise team sings softly, I'd like for us to minister to those that need it. If you're here today and you're sick in your body, you could use healing. Could you raise your hand and just keep it up? Just raise your hand. I see, I see some hands. If you're here today and you need prayer about anything else, could you raise your hand? All right, body of Christ, look around and see the hands that are raised. If your hand's raised, could you go ahead and stand and keep your hand raised until people are praying with you? All right, keep your hand raised if you're standing for prayer. All right, as we continue in soft worship, let's get out of our seats and go and pray for these people. If it's sickness, command it to go in Jesus' name. But pray for the person. Agree with them in prayer. Give myself away.
that you hear our prayer. It's not by our much speaking, but it's by the position that we stand in. As you are, so are we in this world. As Christ represented the Father to earth, He now represents us in heaven, and we represent Him on earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it comes to us by faith as we stand in the authority that we've been given by grace, not by our own worthiness. We stand in that position and we minister to others. It's not weird, but it's powerful. Let's do it, saints. Don't lay hands on anyone suddenly. That is, don't do it without their permission. And just talk to God. And it's not by your much speaking, but it is by your speaking the Lord uses you. I believe that all roads lead to God. I don't care if you're a believer, if you're an agnostic, if you're an atheist, whatever your lifestyle, I believe whatever road you're on, you will get to God one day, and you will stand before God one day. All roads lead to God, but only one road leads to heaven, and that's the road through Jesus Christ. Great glory gives an awesome message, and God works through those messages. He rocks! I think he's just spot on with everything he talks about and just wanting to win people to Christ. That's what it's all about. We can just bring our friends and family who don't really know about Jesus Christ. There's so much negative going on and you got the news, you got, you know, media. We need some form of something positive. One day, one church, one message. Message by Greg Laurie. Music by Chris Tomlin, Lecrae, Switchfoot, and Mercy Me. Harvest America, March 6th at AT AT&T Stadium. It's the song of the forgiven, drowning out the Amazon rain. The song of Asian believers, filled with God's holy fire. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation A love song born of a grateful choir It's all God's children singing glory, glory Lake Granbury Ministerial Alliance celebrates unity during our community black history program. It's about brotherhood, honor, friendship, respect, and worship. There's great music, colorful dance, and inspiring words. It's about love. Love. It's about love. It's about unity. It's about Jesus. So come join us. La unidad comienza con usted. Because unity, because unity, because unity begins with you. This is the seventh year Granbury's doing this. It started with a local church, now known as Brass's Covenant Ministries. They hosted this event. It's the first year Pastor Sheikh served here. And, uh, the next year the Lake Granbury Ministerial Alliance took it up. Now the city has gotten behind it. I mean, I don't know if any other event could have made things possible like Jerry Savelle preaching in Acton. 
Gary Oliver preaching at Lakeside. I mean, what in the world's going on? <laughs> Bob Rogers ministered last year at Granbury Baptist That's right. and, sold out. Yeah. and sold books on speaking in tongues in their foyer. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this, this is not possible, but it's happening. And it's a testimony to the world of the unity between our denominations and between races here in town. is a good testimony for us to the world, and the city likes it. Newspaper loves it. And on the night when the world's fighting at the Oscars, we'll be celebrating our unity. Hallelujah. Amen. I live my hands in total adoration unto you. You reign on the throne, for you are God and God alone. Because of you my cloudy days are gone. I can sing to you this song and I just want to say that I love you more than anything love me in your arms you are my shelter from the storm when all my friends were gone You were right there all along. I've never known a love like this before. I just want to say that I love you more than anything. I worship and adore you, just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Just pick that up in your spirit and help me sing it if you will. Say, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, just want to tell you. Lord, I love you more than anything. I love you more than anything. I love you, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I worship and adore just want to tell you just want to tell you Lord I love you Lord I love you more than anything thank you so much thank you guys first Corinthians 13 begins Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. 1 Corinthians 13 is sandwiched between two chapters where he writes extensively on spiritual gifts. 
and how they function and operate and how they are partial. God, through gifts, gives us things that are like foretastes of heaven. But one day, heaven is coming, and he alludes to that towards the end of this chapter. He says, if I, if I speak in tongues of men, languages, not, not gibberish, and of angels, if possible, to speak angelic languages, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Just a no, just a bunch of noise. So it's possible to function in a semblance of spiritual gifts and be unloving. And it's discredited. Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Let's say I had faith to move. Uh, who's been to Colorado? Wouldn't it be nice to have some Rockies out in the distance? If I had faith to do that, it wouldn't be loving to to the farmers in that area and the home homeowners. You know, what happened to my house? But if I had faith to do that and didn't have love, it would be meaningless. It would be destructive. Though I bestow all my goods, can we say all? To feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, can we say martyr? But have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. You want to gauge to where you are spiritually, just replace the word love and where it's implied, put your name there. And to the, to the degree that it begins to sound false, it shows where you are spiritually. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Either God didn't say it to begin with, or we didn't abide by the conditions of the prophecy, or we didn't contend for it to come to pass. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Spiritual gifts are temporary. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Thank God. We still have knowledge, right? But there's a day coming when our worldly knowledge is meaningless. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. Looking forward to that day. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. G.I. Joe has got to go. I couldn't play with guns, but he could. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. There won't be any risk, won't be any need for faith. We'll be living in heavenly realities. And now abide. We have these three things with us. Faith, hope, love. These three, 
But the greatest of these is love. Lord, speak to us today from your word in such a way that when we leave, we're changed. In Jesus' name, Lord, not just information, but Lord, let it be an impartation that results in revelation and transformation. Amen. Whatever that means. Happy Valentine's Day. Amen. I've been married 38 years, but this is our 39th Valentine's to celebrate. Amen. <coughs> you say, how is that possible? Well, think about it. It's always, it's always one more Valentine than, you know, our first Valentine's before we were married a year or so. Anyway. So here's a little background on the day. There's no doubt about it. Valentine's Day is one of America's most popular holidays. More than 62% of Americans celebrate by sending greeting cards and flowers, giving candy or other gifts, enjoying romantic dinners, or all three. But the history behind Valentine's Day turns out to be somewhat surprising. For example, the roots of Valentine's Day go all the way back to a raucous ancient Roman fertility festival held in mid-February called Lupercalia. Later, the Christian church chose mid-February for St. Valentine's Day in order to Christianize the celebration. But who was St. Valentine? Not much is known about the holiday's namesake. First of all, there was more than just one Christian cleric named Valentine. One of them was sentenced to death for performing marriage ceremonies in secret after Emperor Claudius II banned marriage for young Roman men, thinking single men made better soldiers. Pope Gelasius declared February 14 as a day for honoring the soft-hearted Valentine at the end of the 5th century. It wasn't until the 1300s, though, that the holiday became definitively associated with love and romance. Back then, people believed that February 14th was also the beginning of birds' mating season. The first written Valentine greetings appeared in the 15th century, and by the 17th century, people in Great Britain had begun a tradition of exchanging Valentine's Day cards or letters. Valentine's Day soon caught on in the U.S. as well. The first mass-produced holiday cards emerged in the 1840s, and Valentine's Day soon exploded into a major consumer holiday. Today, an estimated 1 billion Valentine cards are sent each year, more than on any other holiday except for Christmas. More than 35 million heart-shaped boxes of chocolate are sold, and more than 220 million roses are produced for the holiday in a typical year. Altogether, Americans spend almost $20 billion on Valentine's Day, or an average of some $130 per person per year. While the most popular gifts were candy and flowers, nearly 20% of Americans splurge on jewelry, shelling out as much as $4 billion annually. And those who prefer the ultimate romantic gesture are definitely not alone. A recent survey revealed that as many as 6 million couples are likely to get engaged on February 14th, continuing a long romantic history that we bet you didn't know. Review. Claudius II, Emperor of Rome, forbade soldiers to get married. Said they would be better soldiers without it. Could be. But... The Bible says forbid not to marry. And a Christian leader, happened to be named Valentine, was marrying soldiers. Got caught, thrown in jail. And while in there awaiting his execution, a soldier brings him a young lady with visual problems. 
And the legend goes she was blind. And he prayed, he ministered to her, and she was healed. And he fell in love with her. So he communicated with her by letters. And on the eve of his execution, he wrote her a letter and signed it, Your Valentine. I don't know if it's true. There's a lot of information out there. I like that video. It seemed to be more balanced than some of them. But anyway, our subject today is entitled, Love is Spelled G-I-V-E. Our big truth today is we can give without loving. In fact, we read it earlier. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Who's ever been in the VA hospital? You were given care there, right? But did you feel love while you were in there? See? It's possible to give without love. Institutional love's like that, but not personal love. We cannot love without giving. We can, we can give without loving, but we cannot love without giving. So it's important to have love behind our giving. You know, as a church, we're supported by the tithing and offerings of our membership. And we seek to be accountable. Financial reports are available. Should you ask, we can, our secretary can print it off for you. And I'm not even involved in that. And we have a report each month of how last month went as well as each week's income. But if you're tithing without love behind it, if you don't love the church, you're just tithing to be blessed and it's not coming from love, that's, that's pretty, pretty bad. Um, in fact, the Lord rebuked the Pharisees for giving like that. In Luke 11:42, he says, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought you to have done and not leave the other done, undone. So they're like tithing on their salt and pepper, but they're ignoring justice and God's and the love of God. So once again, I may say it half a dozen more times, we can give without loving, but we cannot love without giving. And I believe if we don't give, it's, it's a love situation. But if we do give, let's make sure love is in operation. He goes on to say, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. That is giving. When you suffer long, you are giving yourself to be an inconvenience for whatever it is for the sake of someone else that you love. When you're kind, there's giving. You cannot be kind and not have giving going on somewhere. When you do not envy, you're giving praise to someone for their being blessed. You're not making them feel bad for their being blessed. You're happy for them. You're giving encouragement to them in there. You're rejoicing with those who rejoice. Love does not parade itself. You're giving yourself, you're giving up your right to be prideful. 
not tooting your own horn, not being puffed up. Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. You're giving up your personal rights. We all have a certain sense of, of entitlement that is unlike Christ. He gave up his right to always be happy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He didn't give his life for you because you're so wonderful or because the cross was such a pleasure. He gave his life for you for the joy set before him, pleasing the Father and a relationship with you throughout eternity. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. It gives the benefit of the doubt. It's hard to relationship with, have a relationship when somebody's always quick to think the worst situation is going on. Sometimes here at the church we, we get members from other churches who've been wounded for whatever reason. And it takes a while for them to not jump to a conclusion when something appears to be questionable. But as they heal up, they learn to give the benefit of the doubt. Ask, by all means, ask if you see something that's a concern to you that appears to be something to be concerned about. God knows we're not perfect and we need to be confronted. There are times that that happens. Do not, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You cannot do those things without giving being involved. You see that? Check this out. Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commands. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. And love your neighbor as yourself. All these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. The rich young man did not love his neighbor as Jesus had commanded him to. He asked him, what must I do to be eternally blessed? And... Christ gave him a list of commands and ended it, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, I've done that. I've done them all. He said, then sell everything you have, give it to the poor, express that love for your neighbor by giving, and come follow me. He loved without giving. His love really wasn't loving. He was in disobedience to the second great command. Application time. We are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, some people cop out on that. Well, I don't love myself yet, so I'm going to work on loving myself, and then I'll love my neighbor. I have an unhealthy self-esteem. Well, that in itself can be a form, warped as it is, of selfishness. Jesus actually fulfilled this command and gave a new one that trumps this one. 
as I have loved you, love one another. So what? You don't love yourself? Jesus loves you. Now love others like he loves you. You find yourself enjoying life. We're all called to love our neighbors as ourselves as Jesus is commanding us to do so. As the Holy Bible is telling us to do so. As the Holy Spirit is guiding us to do so. Now, that young man is the only guy Jesus told to do that. But that was a tailor-made command, and it ended with, come follow me. There were untold riches waiting on him. Spiritually, he would, he would have, maybe he, maybe he became a convert later on in his life. Count Zinzendorf, man in middle Europe, was a rich guy that left it all to follow the Lord and pursue his will. And he is credited with starting a prayer meeting that lasted over a hundred years. John G. Lake was a millionaire and gave it all away to pursue preaching the gospel and is credited with seeing over a hundred verified healings. Started a denomination in South Africa that's still there. What is he calling you to do? 27, 28 years ago, a man named Ken and his wife named Barbara, we call them Ken and Barbie when we talk about their house, moved to Granbury, built a house, and began over time to host prayer meetings on Friday nights. 25 years ago, that prayer meeting became a church. This is the second Sunday morning the group met in that house. Yes, we were packed in there. Love for the Lord is result, results in obedience to the Lord, which always leads to our giving somehow. In their case, they were giving up their Friday nights. They were giving up the convenience of just enjoying the house that they had built without people around, dirtying the dishes and other things that might happen when you have company. We just show appreciation to Barbara. And Ken, this is to you and Ken, Barbara. (laughs) We're here today because somebody loved enough to give. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, Be imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. We imitate God when we love and express that love through giving. It's Valentine's, so husbands, I've got to throw this in there. Verse 25, husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Who's heard of the love languages? Five love languages. Gary Chapman wrote a book. It'll bless your marriage. It's blessed thousands of couples over the years. The five love languages are quality time, giving of gifts, acts of service, meaningful touch, words of affirmation. This is a generalization, of course. And with generalizations, you can only carry them so far. But they illustrate ways that people normally express love. And the way we normally express love is also the way we perceive love. It's like a language we speak that we understand. The language you speak, you understand. A person 
that speaks love by giving quality time to someone is someone that will spend hours with you because they care about you, listening, talking, chatting. A person who gives gifts just finds joy and blessing someone they love with a gift. They're not buying them off. They just, they just enjoy being generous. A person who gives acts of service is thrilled when they do something kind for someone that they love. Uh, a person who has the gift of meaningful touch, this is touching that is not sexual. It's, this is touching that is like a hug that really means something. A handshake that really means something. There's some brothers I know, man, they give the best hugs, man, like like bears, you know. They're just expressing love. Barry at Kelly Moore Paint Store. I, I guarantee he's a meaningful touch guy. Words of affirmation. Someone that speaks kind words of others, speaks positively of others, encourages people is really good with giving compliments. When they, back, when they buy a card, it really means something. Now, in your marriage, if you uh, uh, are a person that, that loves to give quality time to someone, and you're, you're always married to somebody that doesn't speak your language, those opposites attract. Sameness brings about lameness. You know, Adam and Steve can't conceive kind of deal. And so uh, if you're a person that speaks quality time, and you're married to somebody that's not, you're going to get frustrated because people don't understand that you want to spend time with them because you love them. A person of action is all about acts of service. This is, this is the language I speak, you know. When I do dishes, I want a vet to feel the love. <laughs> to her, it's just utilitarian. You know, I'm a force of nature. She doesn't realize, realize I'm loving her. But she's words of affirmation. To me, words are cheap. Let's see some action kind of deal. But as we learn one another's languages, it, it strengthens your marriage. Jesus spoke all five. Meaningful touch, oh, big time. Touching lepers, picking up children, touching them, blessing them, giving gifts, oh, my goodness, feeding hungry people. Uh, he's still giving gifts through the Holy Spirit. Uh, quality time, I mean, he gave his best years to his family and then his really prime years to public ministry for three and a half years. Speaking blessing. Acts of service, healing people, words of affirmation. He excelled at that. Unless you were a religious person who loved to criticize others, then he was... He was down on you. He began his great Sermon on the Mount with a series of blessings known as the Beatitudes. You know, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are you when you are persecuted. Blessed are you when people speak ill of you. Here comes encouraging promises. I'm blessing you. All of this is giving. Meaningful touch, you're giving affection in the form of touch. Gifts, you're giving gifts. Uh, quality time, you're giving up time when you could be doing something else for your relationship, for your marriage, or for your friendship, or for your ministry. Acts of service, you're giving your effort for someone. Words of affirmation, you're 
giving encouragement. Now, my wife's not here, so I can share this. I was watching Jimmy Evans last night, and he was talking about men doing housework and how it often makes a woman feel romantic to see her husband do housework. And a lot of men won't do it because they feel like they'll be taken for granted. And he told about a scientific test where they took male sweat and gave it some clinical name and did a clinical test with women and uh, had them put this substance, not knowing what it was, I mean, this would gross you out if you knew what it was, and just put it on their upper lip. And through their test, they dis- they discovered that uh, it made women feel romantic. So men, who knows what you're missing out on? You could be just, you could be just, I'll tell you later. You could be just two hours away from the night of your dreams. Back to the sermon. Can we say it together? Love is spelled G-I-V-E. God so loved. How much did he love? He so loved the world. Who did he love? How much did he love? That he gave. What did he give? His only son. Talk about an expensive gift. In your giving, you're only required to give from what you have. We all have 86,400 seconds every time we wake up in the morning. Everybody, from the richest of us to the poorest of us. Our lifestyle depends on how we spend that time that's in our account. That's why we all need to have some form of timekeeping with us at all times because time is marching on. Give some of that to somebody because you love them. So that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as your people we would be inspired to be givers because we love. Help us to give mercy to those who don't deserve it. Help us to to delight in giving ourselves away for the furtherance of your kingdom because we love you, even to the unlovely. And help us, Lord, by all means, to understand that charity, that is love, starts at home. Make our homes, our marriages, the most loving places and relationships that the world has ever seen. It starts with giving. And giving involves risking. Someone might take advantage of us. So what? We're doing it as unto the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord God Almighty cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace so you can give peace. Everywhere you go, may you bring peace of mind. 
May you help bring completeness and wholeness to hurting people, starting at home and beyond, in real time. In Jesus' name, amen. Go get them, givers. Go get them, lovers. Go get them, tigers. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping.